Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, July 11th. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking big travel news as always and diving into the Caribbean with my guest today who has joined me on the show, Brian Major, Caribbean travel expert and managing editor of Digital Guides here at TravelPulse.com. Brian, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Eric. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. So Brian knows the Caribbean in and out, and we're going to dive into what has been trending in the Caribbean and travel and tourism and the latest there coming up a little bit later in the show. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin first with a note to our listeners out there that voting is now open for the 2022 Travi Awards. You can head over to TraviAwards.com and vote on the best of the best in the industry and tell us who you think is best in airlines, hotels, cruise lines, all that good stuff, cruise ships, uh, all-inclusive resorts, destinations, so much out there that we are going to be awarding on November 3rd in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So be sure to head over to TraviAwards.com. It's always a good time, right, Brian? You do not. It is always a good time. You do not want to miss the Travis. It's uh, it's an industry like standard now. Uh, everyone wants to be there and uh, we always have a great time and it's it's a terrific event. So um, looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. Yeah. November is going to fly. It's going to be here before we know it. It's already middle of July here, which is crazy. So we've yeah. got um, other trending news. The big one last week is it came on like late Thursday. A spirit once again delayed the merger vote for a third time now of the vote between Frontier or JetBlue. Which way are they going to go? We don't know. It's uh, taking a while now. So, But uh, actually this morning, Frontier Holdings came out and said that they have declined to further raise their bid for the takeover target with Spirit Airlines. So now it kind of seems like, you know, they... It'll go JetBlue. Frontier said, this is our offer. Like, so the vote should happen soon on this. So it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. So it seems kind of like Spirit Management wants to go go on the Frontier route. And that's kind of why these um, delays have been happening because they don't have the votes. That's my take. But uh, the JetBlue deal is better money and the shareholders are likely to go that route because it is a higher bid there. So um, we'll see how it all shakes out. But it's got to be soon, though. You know, this seems like it's dragging on too long. Right, Brian? Absolutely. You make good points, too, Eric, and that, uh, you know, shareholder value is a it's a big deal. So, um, uh, you know, that's that's what usually drives these deals. But uh, there's, there's consolidation all over um, the marketplace when it comes to airlines. So, I mean, uh, this is just another example of that. And like you said, it, it need, you know, you would expect that it would get done soon. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, it's been dragging on for a while. Absolutely. In other airline news, the Department of Transportation on Friday issued a stern warning to airlines. Stop charging extra fees to travelers for uh, extra fees to travelers with young children so that they can sit next to their family members or the agency will issue regulation prohibiting carriers from doing so. So we'll see how that back and forth goes if any airlines make any moves there. But, you know, the DOT has actually been pretty busy on uh, with the air travel. They also last week um, issued a, a adopted more of a concise bill of rights for disabled flyers. So I think that was great there, too. But regarding this whole, you know, seating young kids with family stories that generated some huge debate on our Facebook page too. nearly 400 comments going back and forth, some in favor, some uh, saying it's common sense, others saying that uh, they should, quote, worry about getting the flights off the ground and not this nonsense. Um, and then there's Bob. <laughs> and Bob wrote, um, they should charge 10 bucks more to do flights without kids. And Krista said that I'd pay extra to be seated as far away from children as possible. So, <laughs> Brian, what'd you make of that? Okay. I mean, uh, you know, this the whole uh, whether I fly with kids, uh, you know, how I fly <laughs> with kids is separate, I think, from 
<laughs> you know, well, it's not separate. It's, it's it's crucial to this issue, and uh, you know, everyone has a has a feeling about that. But I want to, I do want to say that uh, you know, the airlines got tremendous amount of money from the government to restart operations. You know, and this whole thing about fees is really kind of galling for all of us who are paying a lot more for everything. And uh, you know, I'm, I, I applaud the DOT's efforts to keep the airlines, uh, you know, in line, as it were. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you you look at this and you and you think like, wow, like there's just so many fees going on, and, and you couple that with yeah. the whole yeah. you know delays and cancellations issue, right. then the image issue that you've got going on, and with air travel, and you know maybe remove some of those fees, and that could help your image and reputation just in terms of you know especially with the inflation cost of of airfare prices right now are are going nuts. But I mean, for the most part, family. I mean, airlines do a good job of making sure that the young kids are going to be seated with their families. But the fact that I it's agree. it's there in in that families have to face that decision before they even get on there and in their whole booking process of, well, do I, you know, run the risk of not being able to sit with my four-year-old or do I just go ahead and fork over this extra money and then have to deal with it? Like, I don't think families should have to face that, that sort of decision or process and with any of the fees, but you know, the whole baggage fees and that's a whole different story. But when it comes to families, I mean, yeah, sit the kids with their guardians or their parents, who's ever flying with them. Like we don't need any kids sitting next to strangers on any sort of public transportation at all. And, and like I said, the airlines for the most part do a good job with this, but you know, they shouldn't have to have that decision uh, possible at all in terms of when they, when they go to book and everything and, and these, all these additional fees, you know, there's just so many fees with everything right now. There's just so many, I, you know, they're, they're kind of out of control and this is just kind of a, you know, fits into that category also. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I think that could help the reputation on that. So speaking of reputation, the cruise industry has its fair share of haters out there and a lot of cruise lovers out there as well as always back and forth on that stuff. So we've got some big news in the cruise world of things. Last week, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings said that they're dropping testing requirements from safety protocols unless testing is mandated by government authorities. So U.S. passengers still have to submit pre-embarkation testing. Norwegian said that it was a need to, quote, adapt and return to a state of normalcy, end quote. That was in a statement they issued saying that as of August 1st, its three brands, Norwegian Cruise Line, Oceana Cruises, and Regent Seven Seas Cruises, will no longer require guests to complete uh, pre-COVID testing um, unless required by locals such as the U.S., Canada, Greece, and Bermuda. So, Brian, we are inching closer to this returning to normal for cruise lines, but it could still be some time on that front. But that said, I think the quote-unquote new normal will have an even more heightened focus on health and safety with cruising. What do you think about that? And this, uh, well, this you know, generally, yes. Um, and I want to say that, uh, you know, even even uh, I think an even better metaphor that the new normal is <clears throat> is a changed landscape. These kind of protocols and these precautions that the cruise lines have ins- implemented uh, to, to be, enable a return to cruising with working with the government um, are going to be the standard. Parts of these will always be parts of these protocols will always be part of a cruise. That said, you see Norwegian Cruise Line kind of want to say, hey, look, we want to make the experience a little bit closer to what it was previously, where some of the testing regimen has been removed in the scenario, which we now understand this illness better. I think the cruise lines, you know, it goes without saying. And, you know, I, I should preface this by saying I'm a former CLIA PR person, so a PR director. So uh, I have that perspective. But at the same time, the cruise industry has, you know, it, it endured uh, an inordinate uh, 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 
difficulty. It did not get government money. Uh, it was the only sector of the cruise indi- of the travel industry that was shut down uh, effectively. And it's still operating at reduced capacities. These things are necessary. We know that. And, um, you know, I think the cruise lines in general have done a very good job of using the same protocols that we use everywhere else to uh, to ensure health and safety. I agree. Yeah. And I, I think with when it comes to this new normal of aspect things and, you know, we're seeing you know, Holland America did this and Viking also dropping the the, 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 the pre-cruise testing needs. And I understand why it's still there, why it's still there for a lot of these big lines. You know, they don't want to run the risk of having, you know, these uh, mainstream media outlets targeting them with, you know, COVID outbreak on ship and scaring yeah. and all this scare tactic stuff of things. And it, that's what they want to avoid. And they have to avoid that. They certainly can't afford any sort of, you know, more negative press or negative reputation on top of what, you know, the, the people who've never cruised are, are the, are most of the people who say those types of things. But well, yeah, when it comes to this, you want to make sure your passengers are, are safe and uh, the health and safety is top of mind and, and they're doing a good job with that. But, you know, we are inching closer to that new normal quote unquote. I don't really love that phrase, but it keeps popping up. It's just it's, it's become so ingrained <laughs> yeah. in standard now, but it's where we're at. And I, and I think moving forward, we're going to see more of these lines dropping that, which is definitely great for the industry. And I think that will certainly most certainly lead to more bookings for the cruise industry. But I do appreciate that they're not so focused on Let's drop everything now because we desperately need these bookings where, you know, you're still seeing good deals for cruising out there. And, and the people who want to cruise are, are jumping at it because they love cruising. And then you've got other people who maybe are new to cruising or they've cruised a couple of times in the past and they're realizing, OK, I've got a more affordable you know option here in vacation with cruising because there are deals right now where maybe I can drive to the port or I can find a cheaper flight right. to the port and I don't have to pay as much and visiting and I still get to visit multiple destinations and stuff. So we're we're getting there, but yeah, go ahead. I I was just going to say, you you know, that for the, for the, for the, uh, you, you make another great point in that it is the people who have not cruised before who have perceptions about cruises, uh, don't always understand the format. This is where the travel advisors come in and play a big role. Um, certainly in cruising. If you've cruised before, you're familiar with it. And maybe you don't always need a travel advisor to book your cruise. But if you've never done it before, certainly the travel advisor is going to be the one to tell you what it's really like. And Eric, Eric, makes, Eric you're, you're 100% right. You have a huge camp of people who love cruises, couldn't wait to get back on a ship. No, no, no issue whatsoever. And then you have some people who are uh, not like mostly likely not cruise before. And they're like, you could never get me on board that ship. It's going to be this, it's going to be that, you know, it's going to be ref- confining. I mean, these are the same uh, objections uh, that we've dealt with previous to the pandemic when we talk about uh, barriers to cruising and, you know, cruising still uh, it's, it's a mainstream vacation, but only a small fraction. I think it's now somewhere around 12%, 10, 10, 50% of uh, Americans have ever taken a cruise. So it's still a vastly under underutilized vacation form that's growing. Um, but certainly the pandemic has impacted that. But again, Good news that uh, it's going to be a little bit more accessible. Yeah, I agree there. And that's, you know, interesting about the whole percentage wise on that. And I think there's so much room for the cruise industry to grow there. So that is certainly positive when you think about looking forward to the future of the cruise industry, especially as they are making a lot more efforts to on to be more eco-friendly and everything, because that is another target aspect that a lot of the haters out there love to, 
you know, shun them on. So they're they're doing efforts on that, and you got to applaud them there. But we talk about perception, and you know, the recent run. I don't know if uh, listeners out there have seen or anything about this, but there's been a recent run of fights on a couple Carnival cruise ships that certainly are not a good look for Carnival and, and really the the cruise industry in general. So there was a 60 person nightclub nightclub fight um, in June over a brawl that uh, um, allegedly is due to je- was caused by uh, jealousy of a threesome that happened on board or something. So that's the the hearsay of the allegations of what started this crazy fight but there's video of that on the internet if you're curious about that and there's also video of another fight that happened on a july cruise in carnival too about uh, a few people were injured on that a few elderly people were injured as, as bystanders looking and unfortunately were um, injured on that and i think that was like an eight to ten person fight so not quite as crazy as a 60 person fight fight but um not a good look you know there for for carnival and, and the cruise industry on these fights so hopefully they can you know get that um toned down and and not have any more fights on board because who goes on vacation to fight? I, I don't get that. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. That, you know, my overall, you know, unfortunately, you know, I've covered and been involved in cruising for a long time, uh, over 20 years. And uh, um, it's not the first time I've seen this happen. Um, it's happened before. Um, sometimes the brand that it happened on in this particular instance, it's had an issue in the past with that uh, kind of behavior. Um but uh, without sounding puritanical, it also reflects on uh, some of our passengers. And like you said, Eric, I mean, you're, you're on a vacation. You know, it's a vacation. Why are you why are you even contemplating, you know, assault? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't really understand it, you know, and I don't understand, you know, people being overserved or allowing themselves to, you yeah. know, to, to be in a position to, to it's a vacation. Is all I'm going to really say. It's a vacation. It's a it's an opportunity to get away and uh, and you know and uh, enjoy time with your family and your loved ones. So let's let's all try and remember that and uh, you know and uh, you know and be peaceful because uh, these are something we're all dealing with a lot of stress yeah. right now. I, I recognize that, but uh, this is not good. And uh, you know, I mean, it goes without saying eric i mean we, we 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 see these reports come in you and i and we we look them over we, we report them because they happen and that's the facts of what happened but there but there there's nothing good about that a hundred percent agree yeah and you think of you know vacation time and especially uh you know carnival they're they're all about fun like that's their their programming of of, of uh promotions yeah. and and uh, campaigns and stuff so it's certainly unfortunate there so i think yeah you got to look at the uh Oh, t- the whole over-serving and hopefully that's not an issue. So you got to, you know, get with your crew and make sure that they're, you know, watching that. And that's an unfortunate thing that you have to, the cruise lines have to deal with that. But, you know, and it, it is what it is. And hopefully, you know, we don't have any sort of incidents like these moving forward. Like you said, you know, we got to cover the facts, but don't particularly love those types of stories, but they're out there and, you know, we got to roll with it. Yeah. So I think in another, uh, there was stuff out there, you folks. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Behave. Yes. So I did see one comment and um, we posted the story about one of the fights. Um, one commenter on Facebook mentioned that they should get the names of all the people who fought and then ban them um, cruise industry wide. So I don't know if that's something that Clea would have to do, or I don't know how even how you put forth that, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's great, um, that's, you know, yeah. I, I understand. I understand that, that point and that sentiment, there is security on board. I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> I've wondered about that because it seems it seems that many of these times that when these have happened, it seems a little inadequate. Uh, some of the security, it takes a little while to get it to get it reined in the behavior. But it, but it is. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I can't recall the cruise line having 
gone the step of charging a, a passenger or banning a passenger. I haven't heard of that, but uh, I don't know if that's outside of the realm of possibility. I think it would be if, for egregious enough behavior. Yeah. So, uh, so behave yourself. Indeed. <laughs> because you don't know what could happen. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, don't, I don't know if that's something that Carnival would have to implement first. To, you know, ban from yeah, strictly from Carnival, a, and know, then yeah, industry wide. I can't. I can't confidently say that CLIA has been reluctant to, um, and things have, have like this have come up uh, when I was at CLIA, and they've been reluctant to uh, impose um, conditional standards on individual lines. Um, although, you know, there are, stand, there are industry-wide standards that they'll back and talk about and, uh, you know, and the support, but uh, that would be a carnival uh, yeah, something they've got to figure out first before. Yeah, and if it exactly. starts happening across, you know, horrible. yeah, it starts happening yeah. across the industry, then you look at the industry wide thing. But it, I was thought Absolutely. that commenter was uh, interesting that they jumped straight I don't think to that's the. That's happening on, on uh, Cunard line. Yeah. That often. No, you're not but seeing Cunard that there. It's a, it's a carnival corporate. So don't, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but let's say, uh, yeah, you know, nothing against carnival, but I don't know if that's happening on the Cunard, you know, the Queen Mary, too. They haven't, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not seeing that there for sure. No, not on, not on those. Yeah. So well, that, that, uh, that pretty much wraps up what was trending in travel over the last week. We, there are a lot of other news that happened. So be sure to check with travelpulse.com, subscribe to our daily newsletter, and you can always stay in the know on that. Any additional thoughts about what we discussed, you know, you can drop me an email podcast at travelpulse.com. Now we're going to jump over to our theme of the week discussion here, all about the latest in Caribbean travel and tourism. So we got to start with what is trending right now in, in the world, as we know, is inflation. So, Brian, you know, you're the expert. What is going on with the Caribbean? How is inflation impacting the destinations and travel and tourism right now? It is a great question because it is a, you know, even more so because of the post-outbreak landscape, um, you are making decisions, your Caribbean travel decisions very carefully because each island has a different standard for getting entry, a different uh, characteristic when you're out and about. And, uh, you know, also um, they're having different varying levels of success and entry. So the prices are different, you know, and uh, we have some islands that are really booming and that don't have to drop their prices too much, (laughs) you know. So uh, and then we have some islands that, uh, you know, they'll probably use some help and, uh, you know, the deals are out there. So um, it's it's also worth noting that, um, you know, this boom is coming despite, as we, Eric and I discussed, a lot of higher prices all around uh, generally. Um, people are still, still willing to hit the road and get out and go to Caribbean destinations because they really need these vacations. And if anything, the post-outbreak um, uh, uh, environment has uh, has allowed us to see how important travel, leisure travel is. So that's a great thing for for, for, for Eric and I, for all of us in, in leisure travel. So uh, so it's important to there. Uh, I'd want to say that um, you know the the, the destinations that uh, that that are some of the traditional price leaders, like the Dominican Republic and Mexico, in terms of Caribbean, are still very attractive and very very good draws. Um, they are also happen to be the destinations that were particularly in the, in the case of DR and, uh, and Mexico or were less uh, restrictive in terms of some of their entry protocols, uh, coming out of the pandemic, uh, you know, in the months that followed. So they've done quite 
they, they had a, had a good uh, turn in terms of visitation and uh, a good rebound. Uh, but also, uh, destinations like Jamaica, which was a lot more circumspect and a little more strict and developed a, 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 a comprehensive uh, entry protocol program that Eric and I have, you know, we've reported about extensively uh, for Travel Pulse. Um, they're also doing great. So, um, you know, the, the, the deals to be had are there, too, in Jamaica because there's so much inventory. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's still a little bit more of a, a price-oriented destination uh, compared with maybe DR. Um, so, you know, again, you're going to want to work with a good travel advisor and figure out because the deals are out there. Folks, there are deals out there for Caribbean. And the Caribbean actually is, is way more, as we know, Eric and I know, way more right now accessible in terms of, a vacation is still close in, you know, you can get there. The entry protocols are there. There's some destinations obviously that are off limits and that you can't go to um, yet. Uh, so you can always get a getaway from most of the country. You can drive to a, uh, to a airport and, uh, and get a Caribbean flight. So um, the deals are out there. Yeah. That, that's great for the, the Caribbean industry right there that you can still find some deals, especially as we are approaching, you know, the, the peak season is later on in the year and everything. And I didn't want to, dive too much into the whole entry requirements because it is varying but you've got you know the dr is obviously the most appealing on that because they don't have anything there same with the mexican caribbean side of cancun and riviera maya but you know make like brian said you know, make sure you work with a good travel advisor out there and they're going to be able to help you you know for um the consumer listeners out there here that, that are tuning in work with that travel advisor and they're going to be able to guide you in the right direction as far as you know the whole um, entry requirement process and that deal. I think they've sort of become a, a pros on that. Um, now that we are in the summer of 2022, they've been dealing with, with it for two years for the Caribbean because there was, you know, one of the, the, the first really destinations that really, you know, boomed back up in terms of where people want to go, it, especially with American travelers. It was, you know, let's go hop over to the all-inclusive resorts in the Caribbean. And you saw that with DR and, and Jamaica, like you mentioned, those are kind of some of the the destinations that are trending big this year, but we know it's a really busy summer out there for travel. So, you know, how are things looking in the Caribbean for the rest of 2022? As we, as I mentioned, you know, peak season is later in the year, but you know, is it, are our destinations anticipating a pretty strong, you know, they've got a good strong summer going right now, but is it still going to look strong for the peak season is fall, you know, the typical slow season or whatever. How, how is that fluctuating right now in the in Caribbean? Typically, that's a great question, Eric. Typically, summer has been, uh, you know, kind of a retrenching season and a, and a, and a difficult season. And uh, it's been because of this uh, phenomenon of people wanting to travel right now. It's been better than it has been in many other years. I've talked to some Caribbean folks. Is, this, is that sustainable? Don't know. I mean, I couldn't say that's going to happen next year. That may be a one year, one time phenomenon. Phenomenon. So it's been strong right now. It's looking very good going into the fall. And one of the positive developments has been that the destinations have met now with uh, with uh, not only the the land based interests, but they've met now with the cruise lines um, through FCCA conference through the through the Sea Trade Conference, they've, they've gotten together. Um, they've made deals. They've made uh, arrangements. Grand Cayman, St. Kitts, uh, some of the big cruise ports uh, of the Bahamas uh, that that rely on not just land based but cruise Caribbean cruise tourism to fill out a real robust uh, fall and winter. That's happening. So it it's looking like a prohibitively like a very a good winter 
fall winter season uh let's say fall winter season the holiday season the festive season and enter the january uh february right now seems to be looking pretty good uh because the the suppliers and the destinations are working together are setting up uh you know making arrangements to to accommodate these travelers now airfare and air access and air capacity will be an issue that will also impact what's going to happen in this in this uh period we're going to see i mean how much air how much air capacity is going to be available i know a market like bermuda they've told me locally uh, it's doing really well but we have limited air we have a limited hotel base so so the airlines aren't adding more air for us so it's going to kind of be a challenge so Again, destination to destination within the Caribbean, you're going to have to look closely to see who's going to be the winners and losers. I will say places like Anguilla, Dominica, some of the other uh, destinations around the region have already made deals to increase their air access because they have new hotel products, products because they have active and uh, real, real uh, strong draw uh, tourism. So um, picture is actually pretty good. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good picture so far. That's good. And you, you mentioned the cruise side of things, too. And that is such an area that, you know, was so missed in the, in the Caribbean, for sure. And now that it's kind of ramping back up, you know, and they're not, you know, they're getting full uh, capacity fleet wide when all their ships are back in the water. But, you know, you need more passengers because that's going to equal more dollars, especially as they go yeah. to the Caribbean ports and they spend so much money at these ports. And you look at right. very, how, how these uh, different islands have fluctuated because they didn't have cruising and they had to pivot to things. And I was at a press conference with U.S. Um, Virgin Islands and they were talking about how, you know, they pivoted a little bit and they're really trying to focus on that. They, they know the cruise is important, but they want to bring in more land base. So it's it's the whole, you know, decision makers have had a lot to, you know, fluctuate and, and have to work, you know, on the heels of their toes and all, or whatever that phrase is. I butchered that, but, but you know what I mean. The listener knows what I mean. Too. Yeah. <laughs> they had that's, to be on their toes. They had to be on their toes, yeah. Absolutely. Because, so, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, exactly. All of those things, as you mentioned, go into the product mix and make a successful, you know, would make a successful year. I mean, particularly like you mentioned for USVI, uh, for other destinations like St. Kitts, uh, these, some of these destinations, uh, Bahamas, particularly it's land and cruise. And if both are doing well, that's what you're looking for. Absolutely. So, you know, we talk about Jamaica and the DR, you know, those are the popular ones that people know about in the Mexican Caribbean. But you mentioned a few there that uh, I venture that a lot of our listeners may not know too much about. So are they some of the these lesser known islands that people really need to put on their radar, you know, you know, Dominica and everything? So what, what are some of those places that don't get talked about enough that you think really deserve the hype more? I am glad you asked. There's always there's always a couple in the Caribbean, and uh, certainly, uh, well, I, I did mention, and I should just again mention quickly, Anguilla and Dominica. Uh, Anguilla, small, tiny destination, uh, really a luxury destination, but they're getting a lot more airfare because they've got a great kind of uh, uh, intimacy going um, and uh, great uh, cuisine, uh, terrific hotels, uh, high end kind of destination. More if more your access there. Ask about Anguilla because uh, a great, just a great experience and easy to get to relatively. Um, Dominica, the same thing. A kind of smaller island in the Caribbean. Dominica doesn't really have the beaches that some of the other Caribbean destinations have. It is really a place of inland rivers and beautiful uh, mountains and uh, lush rainforest. 
very unique and cultural and uh, also pretty good uh, price-wise. And they built some new hotels, large branded hotels, uh, a Kapinski hotel that is a, a four or five-star hotel. And um, because of that, they have more airfare. Another good place to go. Another one, Antigua and Barbuda is one of the other destinations that incorporates um, beautiful beaches, wonderful landscapes, uh, just uh, an atmosphere of romance, easy to get to, and is both on cruise itineraries, and then you'll find some really high-end great resorts there to, uh, to, uh, um, to try out. And uh, I also want to mention a, one of the hot destinations is Turks and Caicos. In the Caribbean, part of the Caribbean, same Caribbean traditions and cultures, but really it's, it's, it's located in the, in, the, in the southern part of the North Atlantic. Still, beautiful waters, beautiful beaches. It's been really popular right now because it's easy to get to, lots of airlifts and uh, terrific uh, high-end hotels and uh, some music festivals going on there. Terrific stuff there. St. Kitts and Nevis also. Music festivals, culture, cuisine, uh, uh, easy to get to, lots of transportation, and you'll find deals for all of these destinations with your travel advisors because they are just really, they, they represent the richness of the uh, of the Caribbean destinations. So you got your favorites, you got your Jamaica and your DR, that, that's always going to be there in Mexico, but there are some really great gems that you can, you know, this is a great, this is a time to explore those things. For sure. And, you know, we, we've got much love for, for Jamaica and the DR for sure. But, you know, if you've been to the Caribbean a few times and you've visited Jamaica or DR, it's, you know... I'm not going to, you know, hate or on you or, you know, if that's what your vacation type, you go to the same place all the time, you know, respect, nothing wrong with that. But I do think that you should, people out there should venture out if you've been to the Caribbean before, you know, hop over to a different island this time and check it out because it is different all around and, and you really should be experienced, especially if you love the Caribbean and you love going to the Caribbean, then you should love going to more of the Caribbean out there. So we've got much love for all of the Caribbean. And, you know, you mentioned some great little spots there. And I want to give a shout out to one lesser known um, area. One island there is uh, Guadalupe. I, I love that. I visited oh, there yeah. in 2018. Awesome. Yeah, 2018. And I had a great time. Some great beaches there, too. So definitely put that on your radar, the little uh, French island there. So um, much love to, to Guadalupe. So we've talked a great deal here about the Caribbean and it's what's happening in the tourism sector there. So I do want to mention, you know, and get a little bit of advice from your take, uh, Brian, as we do have a lot of travel advisors listening. So what would be your advice to our travel advisor listeners about who are selling the Caribbean right now? Any big takeaways you'd, you'd want to pass on? Any wisdom you'd yeah. want to pass on to them for sure? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to, um, you know, you're going to, you may get it through your consortia. You may um, learn about it through other agency groups, but you're going to find that there are a um, group of resorts that are much more attuned to your needs as an advisor and what your travelers need in terms of uh, uh, just accommodations and uh, services right now in this, in this particular time. Um, you should be working with uh, suppliers that are the most supportive of your efforts, you know, and uh, comparatively, some are more supportive than others. So talk to your colleagues, make sure you're getting the best possible treatment from the suppliers. And, you know, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're an advisor and <clears throat> it's something that I've heard uh, other advisors um, recommend to their colleagues um, years before, but it still goes that, um, you know, you want to be an expert in a couple of things and a few things rather than kind of a generalist 
in, in everything. So if you're working with a, a supplier or a group of suppliers that really support you and, and that you find that you have the client's help for, that's really where you're going to make your, your, your bread and butter. Um, so, so continue to, to support that. And then, you know, I, I also say I'm not the world's, you know, super, you know, I'm not the champion of social media, uh, but uh, as, you know, Eric can tell you and every advisor I talk to, you know, if you, if you can incorporate that in some of your, um, it's uh, 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 marketing of your uh, merchandising of your own agency. Uh, you want to do that because uh, it's, it's a perfect medium to uh, share travel experiences. And, you know, I think it, it goes without that, you know, that, that is the bottom line. It's, it's a perfect medium for sharing travel experiences. So for any way you can figure out to do that, uh, you know, incorporate your, your college age, you know, nephew or somebody, <laughs> if you don't want to do it, because I'm sure he can, he can help you out. So um, yeah, that's what I would tell our, our advisors today. Great insight too. And on that social media front too, if, if you're new to it or just lack the experience, yeah, get help from someone who might know and also find out where your clients are, are using social media the most, because I think that is important too. You don't want to dive into every single thing out there if you're very new to it. You know, if a lot of your clients are on Facebook, then, you know, just focus on Facebook and, and growing your, your social media um, through there. That way you don't feel overwhelmed with all the other ones of Instagram and TikTok and Twitter and LinkedIn and Pinterest and I could go on and on and uh, yeah. was just about to start making upwards to see if anybody noticed. Exactly. There's so much. So uh, I appreciate it, Brian. Great insight. Thanks for taking the time on your busy schedule to jump on the show today. Uh, where can listeners follow you on the social media or your plug your email, anything you want to plug, go for it. Oh yeah. Uh, well, definitely. Uh, you can definitely follow me on Instagram at B major traveling and it's the same handle for Twitter as well. And, you know, I just kind of tweet out, tweet out, <laughs> tweet out, tweet out. <laughs> Some people do call me a twit, but, <laughs> but, uh, I tweet out, uh, you know, the travel news and then, you know, what I write and, and what we cover certainly on travel pulse is the big, the big picture developments just so, you know, so our, our advisor community and my friends and, and everybody who, who who's nice enough to follow me knows what's going on in, in travel. You know, it's, it's, I love travel. It's, it's, you know, and, and colleagues like Eric, you know, just make it all that more pleasurable. So. Well, thanks, Brian. Know. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I can't wait to travel with you. I, it, hopefully we can do something sooner that, but you know, the Travis again, I'll, I'll plug it. Travyawards.com. Make sure you go vote. We'll definitely see Brian at that one. Looking forward to that later on in the year. So that's all the time we have for the show this week. I'm Eric Bowman at Eric Bowman underscore on all the socials. You can find me there and Travel Pulse at Travel Pulse on all the socials as well. Travelpulse.com. Give us a check out and uh, subscribe to our daily newsletter. Subscribe to this for the podcast and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you could leave a review on what you think of the show and everything, I would greatly appreciate that as well. So thanks again, Brian. I appreciate you jumping on the show, man. Always glad to be here. Thanks, Eric. All right, everybody. That's all we have for this week. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.